only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The Bridge on FM 96.9 The Game, powered by Advent Health. That is absolutely correct. Do not forget Advent Health's Children's Day of Giving. That's coming up December 14th. and It's to help kids in the hospital this holiday season. Your donation stays local. It helps cover gas and grocery bills for families with kids undergoing treatment visit giveforkidstoday.com to donate okay what is this songs you would hear at a christmas party yes holiday songs you hear at a christmas party the feelings here that sounds like paul mccartney is this is this the beatles or is this paul mccartney Dan? this paul uh it's actually paul mccartney not with wings getting credit, but they appear in the video. Wings does? Yeah. I don't even know who was in Wings other than Linda McCartney. Nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> it was Wasn't part of Linda the deal. McCartney in Wings? Yeah. Actually, I, I think. What about what, what about Paul had to get Linda in the band? You remember? Um, okay. I think of it. I have to go. Uh, okay, Lucy, you can be in the show. You know who Denny Lane is? Denny Lane? From Penny Moody. Lane. I know the song. No, no, no. Penny Lane. Denny Lane, I think, was in Moody Blues. I think he was in Wings. Huh. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I would have never known Denny Lane yeah. of the Moody Blues. Anyway. Yeah. Um, What's I going to ask you? Uh, oh, somebody texted earlier. goes, well, when we had Brendan Sinone, our FSU insider, and then we had Edgar Thompson, uh, our Gators insider. We had them on back-to-back, and somebody texted in, why don't you have a UCF insider on your show? And I'm, I'm like, we have a UCF insider every day, the ultimate insider. His name is Mark Daniels, okay? <laughs> why do we need a UCF insider when we have you, Daniels? Mm. So, I think we balance our coverage well. Absolutely. And you know more about UCF than anybody. By the way, can we start with the news on Aaron Judge? No. Don't read. Nine years, three hundred and sixty million. That's pathetic. That they, that they, the Yankees still get him after they turn their back on him. That's pathetic. Turned our back. Yeah. Give me a break. Good lord. Stop no reading shame. page six. Never in doubt. <laughs> Go tell Kate Upton to enjoy elbow surgery for her husband. <laughs> wow. Daniels, today is December 7th, a day that will live in infamy. Um, you know, Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. 1941, all of that. It's sort of a tradition that I tell my newspaper, Pearl Harbor Day story. You want to hear it? Have you ever heard it? I don't know, Mike. I'd like to hear it now. Okay, I want to tell it real quick, all right, because this is... Just, um, you know, a warning to anybody out there to check your facts. All right? Check your facts. 
All right, so when I was a, a up-and-coming young scribe at the Gainesville Sun back in the early 90s, all right, it was the uh, 50-year anniversary of um, Pearl Harbor Day, mm-hmm. all right? 50-year anniversary of Pearl Harbor Day. And so the the news editor... I'm sorry, he was the assistant news editor at the Gainesville Sun. He's laying out the paper. And back then, Dan, you actually had to lay out the paper right, and yeah. edit the copy. So he's laying out the paper, and his name was Irv, all right? Big Irv. Ir- Irv. So Irv's laying out the paper on Pearl Harbor Day, 50-year anniversary. Huge day, obviously, 50-year anniversary. And... The big banner headline yeah. across the top of yeah. the Gainesville Sun yeah. is D-Day revisited 50 years later. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was Pearl Harbor Day. Yeah. So, oh, all the, all the military yeah. people That's, in town. Uh, uh, they're, they're writing in. This was before the Internet, thank God, and before Twitter. But they're writing in, calling in, saying what an insult to you know, the military. Don't you guys have copy editors down there? And Irv got in big trouble. He got in big trouble. I mean, he didn't get fired or anything. But about a month later, the news editor leaves the paper, and Irv was up to be the uh, news editor. Oh. And Irv didn't get the job. Oh boy. Okay. So he didn't get the job. So we're out at the we're out at the nearby pub drinking, you know, that night or a, a night shortly thereafter. And Irv um is talking to to Pat you know who Pat Dooley is. Of course, yeah. Former columnist. So Irv's telling Pat Dooley because yeah, Irv Irv was black. And Irv goes yeah, I didn't get the job, man. It was a black thing. And and Pat Dooley goes, Irv, I think it was a D-Day thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a few of the ones you're like, I don't know if you're going to be able to overcome that one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's my that's my D-Day story. Always check your facts. Always proofread. I even proofread when, proofread when I'm on Twitter. That's why I think Twitter should have an edit button. Daniels? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Wow. All right. So that's my D-Day story. Okay. Uh, also, real quick, before we, uh, another text. Um, a friend of mine actually texted, texted this. Uh, this is an Ask Mark question. So if someone enters the transfer portal, are they not allowed to go back to their own team oh, sure they yeah. if they don't get a good offer, but they're not assured of no, being no. able Once to No, no, once you back. enter the portal, your scholarship You're, now is open. There's yes. a live clock, I mean, a, a live scoreboard. I have 85 scholarships. I can only have 85 players under scholarship. Okay? Um, when you enter the portal, okay, technically, to use for example, okay, I have 84. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can come back if I have a scholarship to give you. Now, you can work these numbers. You, I mean, you have to be at that number on a certain day. But, But technically, for the example you're asking is, if you enter the portal, I then get to count your scholarship as being open. And if two weeks later you say, I'd like to come back, 
If I have a scholarship and I want to give it to you, then you come back. If I don't have a scholarship, or I don't want to give you a scholarship, uh, no, your scholarship is not being held once you enter the portal. Now, there are hundreds of players um, in college football, FBS and FCS, that have entered the portal and come back. You don't know about them uh, uh, most of the time, but uh, your scholarship is not waiting for you to come back. If there's a scholarship available, the team would like to have you back, then you're back. Otherwise, let me tra- let me translate what you just said. Yes, if you're a good player or a contributing player, yes, you'll get your scholarship back. If you're a scrubini who doesn't contribute at all, you're probably not going to get your scholarship. If Caleb Williams enters the transfer portal because he <laughs> legally wants to get bids of everybody, there's a good chance USC will keep something for him. Right. right. Uh, exactly. So yes, that 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 is how it works. Now I'm not telling you there aren't gray areas and shenanigans going on because there is which reminds me of a column that i wrote today mike at 96 mm, of the game.com mm, yeah don't blame the ncaa for portal mania Ooh, you uh, want to discuss it when we come back yeah sure let's discuss mark's column when we come back on the bridge Welcome back to The Bridge, brought to you by Advent Health. It's time to feel whole with Advent Health. To learn more, visit adventhealth.com. Daniel's a little addendum to my D-Day story. Yes. Every, every Pearl Harbor day. Chris Harry, you know Chris Harry. Of course. Chris Harry, a longtime sports writer in the state. Uh, he works up in Gainesville now. He sends a, a photograph of the <laughs> D-Day, D-Day revisited front page that got Irv in trouble. He sends that to like me and Dooley and you know people who worked at the Gainesville Sun at the time. Just to remind them. Because mm. he's such an ass. Chris Harry is. Have you ever been <laughs> to Pearl Harbor? I have when, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've been to Hawaii. I went to Hawaii on my honeymoon. Ah, back. Yeah. yeah. We were there in yeah. uh, 95 when UCF played a regular season game and went to Pearl Harbor because we were there on Wednesday for a Saturday game. Uh, when, when I went to the bowl game in 05, I flew in the day before because I had a college basketball tournament in Arizona. But we were there in 95, and it, you know, it's one of those things that uh, if you ever get to go to, it is impossible to not get emotional if you you know go to the tour and you're on the arizona and and take the you know the boat ride and everything it's it's it, unbelievable amazing you've heard you've heard the fam- the infamous story about my dad right who you know i've mm-hmm. you know i make fun of my dad for being a, a deadbeat dad but when he was in the military he was at pearl harbor mm-hmm. and he was in the and this is my mom used to always tell this story all right he was in the military band. He was a trombone player, all right? And they had a gig. I, I think Pearl Harbor, was Pearl Harbor Day, was Pearl Harbor on a Sunday? I think it was, mm-hmm. right? But they had a gig on Saturday night, and they were out late, and my dad essentially slept through Pearl Harbor. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So that right. was my dad's contribution. 
Well, I think I told you the the the. <laughs> my dad fought in the Korean War, but my dad who was mm-hmm. injured in combat there ended up at the Army Hospital right across from Pearl Harbor, which for years was painted pink. And if you landed, mm-hmm. you saw. And um, uh, that's the amazing connection there is I got to see my dad's file. This is pre nine eleven. Oh wow! And my dad was at that hospital for more than six months. My dad was shot in his head, and um, the picture on the front of my dad's uh, file is uh, my dad saluting the the general of the hospital there when he got discharged and was able to fly back to New York after spending six plus months and numerous surgeries and so forth and lost most of his memory until eventually got some of it back and so mm. forth. So that's the that's the emotional part about that hospital right across from yeah. Pearl Harbor. So okay. my dad's file, my dad's file my dad's file picture had him taking a BC powder after he Okay, slept there we go. Pearl Harbor with a with a hangout. There we go. Anybody got any Excedrin? He walked outside. What's going on? <laughs> Keep it down out here. <laughs> right. Gotta get some sleep. Got a show had tonight. A gig, had a gig last night. Some of us were working. Why is the mess hall closed? <laughs> Why is everybody running around out here? <laughs> anyway. Uh. And I don't even know if that story is true, but my mom used to tell it because she hated my dad so much. Anyway. Yeah. So, all right, what do we got? Your your column. Yes. So, so uh, the the gist of what I wrote, which people can read at 96onthegame.com. Cheap plug. And I think, Mike, you and I have been somewhat on the same side here. Everybody for years, the easy out in college sports to blame for anything wrong was who? Oh, the NCAA exploiting right, these poor right, student right. athletes. Right. And and the point is, you can put the finger and say it's all their fault. The reality is, we have gotten here today because the powers that run these games, mm-hmm. whoever they are, TV networks, coaches, mm-hmm. athletic directors, have been money-hungry forever. and And they yelled and yelled and yelled and says... You're bad, you're bad, you're bad. And when Mark Emmert and the group of people that others think sit in a big, dark conference room and, and wake up each day going, how do I screw everybody in college sports? They said, fine, we'll step out. We'll step out. And, and, and you know what? You figure out this name, image, and likeness thing. Because, we, I mean, anytime we try to set policy, you said no. The government's not going to help us out. And every state did their own rule. Um, you don't like the way we handle transfers, which, by the way, I, I didn't particularly like either. But you want us to basically step out of that. So we'll step out of it. And good luck with what you want. And they did that. And now people are screaming, going, you have to help us. And Mark Emmert's like, help you? You threw me off the boat, didn't give me a life uh, 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 a boat, and you want me right. to help you? Yes. So, so now you want me to come back and set rules for the things that you screamed about that I needed to get away from. Meaning, uh, you know, the transfer thing. Uh, it takes too long for you guys to review the waiver, and the rules are antiquated. Okay, fine, we're out. Here, here's a free year for COVID, and we'll allow the one-time transfer. Uh, name, image, and likeness. Okay, we'll set some guidelines about the categories, and it you know truly must be a, a deal to endorse or to represent a product. Okay, oh, then you just found every gray area and loophole. So, what do you want me to do? <laughs> every time I try to do something, you guys said get out, so I got out, and this is what you have. They asked yeah. for this. All right, I want to hear more about this. Let's say goodbye to our listeners in Tallahassee at FM 96.5.
The Sphere. You can keep listening on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for 96.9 The Game in Orlando. Let's pause for station identification. I'll give you an example Daniel, of something, okay? Okay, I, I was just going to... You, you are so right, though, because, and, and a stance you've always taken, all right? And I totally agree with, all right? If, if these big-time institutions of higher earning wanted things to change, um, if these big-time coaches like Nick Saban and Mike Krzyzewski, if they wanted any sort of change, they could have been the forum for that change and mm-hmm. they chose to do nothing right all right yeah so and then you blame it on the ncaa when you yourselves could have done it yourselves the ncaa look they got beat in court and and, and they lost the alston case and then the supreme court as i wrote made an snl skit out of their rules on amateurism and and they were done okay but the thing that i don't understand and, and i write about this is when people say break away, like like some have suggested that the college football playoff should run FBS football. And Bill Hancock, who, God bless him, just takes money. I mean, whatever. Um, he's like, no, we don't want any part of it. You know why he doesn't want any part of it? Who wants to run it? Because here's the deal. You don't want the NCAA. Fine, break away. Who's writing your rule book? Who polices your rules? Who tells Georgia to stop doing something because it's not in the best interest of Cal? Someone has to govern whatever you want to run from now. So if the current thing is so bad, if it's so bad, where are you going and who's writing your rule book? Who's going to say, this is the, these are the policies we're all going to follow? Well, okay, then the Power Five will break away. And, and what, the SEC is going to look out for the Big 12? They're going to care about the ACC? What do you want? Because whatever you were screaming for, you now have. So any coach or any conference commissioner or any AD that's screaming about the current system, what did you expect? This is what you fought for. Now you have it. Good luck. I actually think a lot of uh, sort of like you know, sort of like NFL owners like having Roger Goodell to blame everything on because he takes all the hits for the NFL owners. I, I I think college sports coaches and ADs, I think they like to just blame things on the nebulous NCAA as well. Correct. The difference is, so the 32 NFL owners love Roger Goodell taking the heat for them and why he makes $40 million a year. Mm-hmm. In the NCAA for Mark Emmert, it was like, okay, I, I, I'll take some bullets, but at some point, you know, what do you want me to do? Remember, they... It, they tried to set guidelines up for name, image, and likeness. Well, then states came along and said, well, screw you. And and he was powerless. And they said, well, go to Congress. And, and Emmett's like, go to Congress? What do you want me to ask them for? Your 50 states are running around changing policies. Remember, Mike, when states were like, here are the guidelines. And then someone said, well, you do know that Alabama just changed their law, so they have an yeah. advantage. Okay, well, yeah. we'll, we'll change we'll, ours. Yeah, we'll change ours, yeah. <laughs> then it was... Hey, when it comes to collectives, okay, here's things that we think are fair guidelines. And then collectives are like, hey, that's not going to help us. All right, never mind. And then collectives found loopholes. And it's like, well, we don't want to have the players just being paid. 
And they're like, well, never mind. We'll just have the collective. And the NCAA was like, so what do you want us to police? Every time we try to set a guideline, you find a gray area and say, well, never mind. We'll go here. So what do you want us to do? So, so then when people say, well, break away, to what? Who's going to run it? <laughs> who, who, who's going to look out for it? You don't like, and I didn't like how long it there, took to get there, some of these transfer waivers, but who, who's going to police this? There's no way with the, all of the, you know, just the different types of, of programs in the NCAA. There's no way you can uniformly run the NCAA in any sort of um, equitable manner. No, uh, no, and, and I don't profess to know the perfect system. And I've had people, and in the next couple of weeks, because of different schedules, I got some really smart people coming on that for years have advocated for collective bargaining and are for players' rights. And I'm not against players' rights. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's fine. Changes happen really quickly. But when people say collective bargain, collective bargain. Uh, it, do you know why Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL always win? Because it's 30 or 32 owners versus a group of 1,500 different opinions. And it's easy to have 30 to 32 billionaires agree in a system versus the 1,500 that have a wide range of priorities. Mm -hmm. People forget the majority of players in these sports do not make $40 million a year. They're closer to the minimum. You want to collectively bargain now with 18 to 22-year-olds that are going to total more than 10 to 15,000? Right. Collectively bargain? What are you talking about? They yeah. can't agree where to go for lunch that day. But th- this is the system that you want. And I do think the group that is really hid from blame here are presidents. Don't forget, they make up every governing board of the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Every rulemaking committee is made up of presidents. And that group to me, show their true colors when, to the delight of us as football fans, told the conference commissioners in charge of the playoff and expansion, get lost. You guys screwed this up by getting ticked off because Greg Sankey took Oklahoma and Texas. Get out of here. Get the kids out of the room. And the supposed adults in one in one meeting and Zoom call gave you a 12-team playoff. Exactly. One meeting. And then said, let the kids back in. Hey, now, go figure out how to do this in a couple of years. And by the way, if the Rose Bowl doesn't get in line, tell them to pound sand. And yeah. and then we got a 12-team playoff. Just like that. So so, yeah. so if they wanted to put in policy, they could put in policy. Look what they did. But that would involve $450 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get your opinion on something that I wrote in my column today. Which I Orlando's. did read, yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you. All right, so... So, in, in the gist of my column, and I, and I use Ryan O'Keefe and Jalen Robinson as an example, but the gist of my column was that, and obviously not all, but most college football players are, would be better off staying at their current school simply because, as you pointed out yesterday, and I used the stat in your column from Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. last year alone... There were you know, over 3,000 college football players in the transfer portal, and only 28% of those found the landing spot. So most didn't get a better offer or a better position than what they were leaving. All right, there's that. The fact that most college football and basketball players aren't going to play professionally, less than 1%. 
you take that into account, why wouldn't you just stay at your school, Daniels, unless you're getting the, a huge NIL offer or unless you're just mired on the bench and you can, you're looking for a place to play? Why wouldn't you just stay at your current school and matriculate through, get your education, and, and you know, get a degree? Because that's probably what you're going to need because you're probably not going to be <laughs> – successful in the NBA or the NFL. A lot of 18 to 22-year-olds have not had the life experience of a 32, 42, or 52-year-old. And when it comes to making decisions about whether you move to a different place, take a different job, you use the experience to think things through. We don't always make the right decision, but it's part of maturing along the way. Right now, a lot of 18 to 22-year-olds are fascinated by a world that they don't really know everything about but it's easy to be enticed i'll go someplace else they'll cheer for me louder they've got a better looking locker room someone has promised me more money um it gets me closer to my dream of playing professionally and they don't sometimes think the process through because then they think that those telling him what you just said are only doing it for their best interest my best interest is to go blank and then as long as you surround yourself with people that tell you what you want to hear, you're likely to make that type of decision. And, and Twitter's the best example. Again, I, I use this all the time. Don't forget, um, people. 90% of your followers are people that agree with you 100% of the time. So you think mm-hmm. that's reality. So when other people sit and tell you, you're great, you're great, you're worth this, you're worth that, you tend to believe that. And I think a lot of these players end up going that path. Because you are right as you wrote and we talked about. The elite of the elite will have a true market, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Then there are others that may think it is worth X amount, whatever X is. If X is 50, you know what? $50,000 is a lot of money. $50,000 to a lot of families helps a lot of things right now. But as you pointed out the numbers of last year, and I don't know what the numbers are going to end up being this year, but the total number since the transfer portal is open is one in two find no place to go. And, and Mike, rem- remember this. That's no place to play football, and that's no place to go back to college. Exactly. I mean, you're giving up. You're giving up a fifty thousand dollar a year education, and that's just for an in-state. A fifty thousand dollar a year education to to maybe find another spot. Probably not. I just think that's insane. And if you're going for twenty or thirty thousand dollars, hell. And again, I realize that you know maybe that pays some bills, but why bother? And we're going to learn again, and I believe this not just in the transfer portal, college football, every industry that, that that comes about figures it out in some form. It may be a rocky road to get there, and and the transfer portal may look very different, and NIL may look very different in two years, five years, and ten years. But right now, it is kind of just. Wild West, it's like I'm reading on Twitter, like Darren Heitner. I respect Darren. Darren was one of the foremost guys on NIL, early the sports attorney, and he's a big Gator fan. And Darren's smart, but he's putting this morning, like, you know, some of these uh, uh, NIL deals where a player misses payment will lead to litigation. Yeah, because the 19-year-old kid's going to know who to hire in that situation when the sugar daddy didn't give him the ten grand. That kid's left with nothing. That kid's going to turn and go, what about me? And you think he's going to win the case against the collective likely made up of a group of attorneys that 
knew exactly yeah. what they were doing to screw the kid. How many 19-year-olds are going to uh, be, be able to go the legal process where most of these deals have nothing in paper? You say, well, that guy said he'd give me 50000 That guy's like, well, I never said that. So don't tell me the 19-year-old kid's going to end up going to court to win his money back. Probably 90% of those kids are screwed. Speaking of percentages, somebody brought this up this morning on the text line. We were ta- I was saying you're better off staying at the school that you're at, getting your education, you know, getting a degree. And when you transfer, especially if you transfer multiple times, it's harder to get a degree because, let's face it, you're starting a whole new curriculum. You're trying to transfer credits, all of that. It's hard to get a degree, you know, when you go to one college, let alone three or four. All right? So, and somebody brought up, well, these these kids, these college kids aren't in college to get an education. And he was, I don't necessarily agree with that, Daniels. I think what, what percentage of, of, let's say, power five college football players, what percentage of power five college football players do you think actually are in school to get a degree or hoping to get a degree? That's their, I guess that's their main goal. Less than half. Okay. Right. Um, I this was uh, eye opening to me a few years ago um, when I, I I I had a completely different view on uh, schools promoting their GPAs and the percentage of players that get a degree. Let me say this: there are wonderful people in academics that work with athletics that work endless to help help genuine students that in some cases are not really at an academic level to succeed in college. But they, mm-hmm. but, but academic advisors and professors work incredibly hard to help them get a degree, not just because he needs to be eligible, but because it matters to that person and that family that somebody in the family has a chance to earn a college degree. But I've also watched schools fudge on numbers, make up um, uh, degrees, push players through the easiest classes to meet APR numbers to stay eligible. And anytime somebody comes and says, you know, we're proud of our 93% graduation rate, I just laugh at it because it's a joke. If you peel back the numbers, um, how many players just got by in a degree they'll never use? How many players never got a chance to take the real curriculum that they wanted because practice was at 7.30 in the morning? How many players took the majority of online classes when they didn't want to, but it was in the best interest of the football coach to do it? So I praise the many people that work on the academic side, but I also realize a lot of those numbers are fake, and a lot of and a lot of 18-year-olds that get to college, and I don't think there's anything wrong in majoring in a particular sport, in a sports business sense. You can go play college football somewhere, and I think there should be a degree that teaches you everything about it, not just the ability of performing on the field, but what are the jobs in the industry if you don't make it on the field? And how do we educate people uh, when it comes to that? Because there are thousands of jobs that are not connected to playing, and I think we do a poor job of that. And all of us look at the... Coaching, training, equipment. I mean, there should be legitimate degrees in all that stuff. So... um, and I think we've created a system that in some ways discourages the academic advancement. I, like, yesterday, people bring out JT Daniels. JT Daniels goes USC, Georgia, West Virginia, and now we'll take a fourth school. And again, no one's going to block his transfer, okay? I don't know what his academics are. Yeah, I wonder how far along he is on his degree. Right, because I, 
I have no idea. So, so every fall, is he finishing up classes and taking finals? Is he getting to the next place in time to 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 to, to, to have a full uh, a, a semester? I, yeah. I have no idea. And the reality, Mike, is a fan doesn't care, and to some degree, I don't think they need to care. Meaning, if you're a Florida Gator fan. I don't think there's anything wrong if you just want the team to win. I don't think you have to care, are we graduating our players? You're a fan of the team. Would it be nice if there was a system in which players were advancing? But that's not the role of a fan. You want your team to win. And how players are eligible and get through, you don't care. And and I don't blame them. Nobody. You brag when the graduation rate is really good. But if somebody wins the national championship and someone else says, hey, their graduate was 38%, does the fan base feel disappointed? No. So. No. You know, anyway, we come back. Uh, some non-portal college football stuff that Mike and I will get to in the bridge. Brought to you by continues next. Realize what you do to me. Sing it, Blue Sweet. Blue Sweet. I'm so tight, you make me know. Hold on, Scott, turn it back Everything's alright. I'm hooked on a feeling. I'm high on believing that you're in love with me. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, that candy sweet lips. <laughs> oh, let me kiss those sweet lips. Oh, mm. man. Ah, a little blue sweet. Sweet. Um, Whatever. Whatever. Daniels, where do you fall on our poll about Jonathan Isaac now that he's in Lakeland getting ready to, you know, gearing up? To play after two years, where do you fall on when he will actually play in a real game? What were the options? Uh, by Christmas, shortly after Christmas, by the end of the season, or never? I think he plays before the World Cup final in 26. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, can I ask a question? And I First off, uh, uh, good job by Kobe I'm Price man- yesterday who had the story. And yeah, then, I'm amending my vote. By the way, I'm amend. I, at what? first, I said, at first, I said by Christmas because I think it would be a great Christmas present for the Magic. But now, I think it's going to be sh- maybe shortly after Christmas. Um, so Kobe Price the story yesterday, and then uh, Markel Fultz was asked about going over to Lakeland, and, and he talked about how it helped him. I, I do have a question: Is mm-hmm. he over there for five on five? Because we don't have ten guys here that he can go five on five with of all the injuries. Mm. I, I, well, I, I, once you get into the once you get into the regular season, though, a lot of times NBA teams they don't really practice. They don't really practice five on five, do they? Right. I mean, it's just my thought going. Okay, hey, I'm going to need you to get in the car and drive 50 minutes. So you can do five on five, and I, I think he goes, "Didn't you just build like this 400 million dollar facility? We can't get nine guys that I can run with here." I gotta go down I four. <laughs> like, yeah, but they, he wants to run with real basketball players. I mean, he was running with the coaches, but that, that's different than running with real top level athletes, hmm. right? Yeah, so, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. 
I would think going to this stage of being able to practice. Wait, just to make sure this. So we don't practice in the NBA, but in the G League, we practice every day. Mm, yeah, anyway, yeah. whatever. Uh, I, I don't know, Daniel. I know. It's a step, I guess, in the right direction. Of course it is. But I don't have any idea when and, you know, what all that means. So, Well, I, you would now at least say it's going to be this season. I mean, a lot of people were like, he's never going to play. He won't play this season either. You will at least agree that it's going to be this season. I would hope. I mean, yeah. did we go into this year thinking we'd never see him? <laughs> no, I didn't. I thought he would. I always thought he would play. Yeah, I think. Um, look for Jonathan Isaac's sake. I, I hope he gets back to play, regardless of like who it helps. It just. I mean, I, I, I don't question that he's gone through a lot in a couple of years, and uh, it's frustrating. Yes, I know he's been paid still, but still, you, your pride as a professional basketball player to get back out there uh, and play. It, it it shouldn't give any Magic fan this vision of okay now now let's see what happens when they got to deal with Franz and Paolo and Jonathan Isaac like we ain't anywhere mm. near that. Bull Bull Isaac and Bull Bull on the court at the same time. Can you imagine the length, Daniels? The length of those two. Yeah, and then I watched this other guy with a lot of length get the basketball every possession in the fourth quarter a couple of nights ago that said, this is why we're the NBA <laughs> champions a couple of years ago. Because I said this, I, you know, that Buck game, and actually my math was off, a Magic fan since the day Dwight Howard got traded mm-hmm. has seen that game against the Bucks probably six to 800 times. Meaning, you can watch the game the players representing your team are hustling and fighting. There's a couple of guys that have really good games, and on the stat sheet you go, hey, what a good night for so-and-so, and they're in the ball game late, and then you freeze it with like two minutes to go. And you mm-hmm. go, why is that team going to win instead of your team? And then you see this one all-star player and these three or four other guys that do something on a consistent base to help their team win, and you go, oh, that's why. Mm. Right, yeah. that a Magic fan has seen their team play close hundreds of times, and the difference comes down to they got one of those we don't. Maybe we do in, in Paolo, but we don't right now. And then they got these guys that can hit shots. You know, that guy makes a shot, that guy makes a shot, and he's made those shots in the playoffs, helping win a championship. And we got, you know, twenty six percent shooting, and we're kind of hoping that we might make something uh, over there. Yeah. All right. So. There we go. <laughs> All right. Peace. Love. Boil peanuts. Have a great show today. Thank you, Mikey. All is well. Aaron Judge is back with the Yanks. It's a Wednesday edition of the Beat of Sports next.